Welcome back to another episode of the Fat Boys Fantasy Podcast. As always, I'm Brant, and this is Bo, the Double B's coming at you. Uh, today, uh, we're going to address uh, the Super Bowl just a little bit, uh, talk about a prop bet we made there, a little hot shot bet. Uh, we're also going to go over a uh, rookie draft, redraft from last year's rookies. Uh, sorry about missing last week's. We had to miss the episode due to inclement weather. We are unable to get together to record. Um so let's get right on into this. Let's talk about the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is pretty much no one, no one expected the blowout that happened of Tampa Bay over Kansas City. Definitely everybody thought of a high-scoring, better game than what we saw. Yeah, uh, no doubt. I mean, we definitely talked about it on here a little bit that we thought maybe the uh, Kansas City offensive line being banged up and how, how powerful and potent uh, Tampa Bay's defensive front looked that that might cause issues. But I don't think anybody ever expected – Patrick Mahomes to run for 497 yards before he threw passes. And zero touchdowns. That's crazy. Yeah, um, definitely one of the higher-powered higher offenses we've seen in recent uh, memory, uh, and them not able to put up points on the board was pretty uh, pretty uh, good indicator of just how good Tampa Bay's defense actually was. Absolutely, absolutely. Not much else really to say about the Super Bowl other than that. Um, we did have uh, the fun prop bets, um, which I don't know. You might want to – clarify those to people which one of us scored got the most correct uh finley over here got 12 to my 10 so that means i guess i'm doing this uh shot of tapatio here um oh let's give it a shot it's a little bit hotter than the first one it's uh, not as thick that's the plus side well bottoms up my bottoms friend. up here i go and if you want to start talking yeah, about our next absolutely. segment here so obviously the nfl season is completely over and uh, we're going to start wrapping up this season of our podcast and moving into season two of our of our Fat Boys podcast. So we thought, what better way to uh, wrap this um, wrap this season up um, other than to do a redraft of our rookies from the 2020 season? Um, that's it's so gritty. <laughs> you don't look like you're enjoying that a whole lot. Um, so. Um, what we'll do today is we're going to try to get through a three-round rookie draft from last year's rookies, re redraft them, and then what to expect from us next week. Um, you're going to see us go through an episode of things we learned um, and takeaways from the 2020 season before we start moving into next season projections, rookie draft, mock drafts from next year, um, the free agency period, things of that nature. Obviously, today is the first day that players can be franchise tagged. So we'll have that to look forward to moving forward. Uh, but today we are going to do the three-round uh, rookie mock draft. Uh, hope to get through three rounds. We'll see what time allows, but at least two rounds for sure. Um, and and uh, we will um, be drafting, um, and um, I'll get a pick, then Walker will get a pick. I've got the odds. Walker's got the evens, so that means I get the number one overall pick. Uh, and the way that happened – um, was um, Walker and myself, Brant and myself, may or may not have had uh, a friendly wager on uh, a couple hands of a card game. Um, we won't necessarily get into the score, but uh, Rummy, Rummy was the game, and uh, one of us has a 4,000-point lead in Rummy. This is over days. Days. Not days. just one day. It's yeah. over days. Days. Um, so um, without further ado, we'll go ahead and get into this, uh, this rookie draft. Um, you might, <sighs> there may, may or may not be some disagreements. There may not be some head scratchers. We may miss a guy or two. Um, and there may be guys that will leave off our list for whatever reason that we will talk about. Now, Brant, I want to, I want to ask you, 
um, while we're listening to all these fine folks. My thought processes on this rookie draft is I want to draft the players not only on, based on how they performed this year, but what I believe they're capable of moving forward. Absolutely. Okay, so Absolutely. as long as we're on the same page about that. All right, so without further ado, I do have the one overall. Um, if In rookie drafts last, last year when the rookies came out, if you were in a dynasty, um, the first rookie off the board nine times out of ten was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, he came into a situation there in Kansas City where everybody expected him to have a massive role. Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes went on out to bat and said that's who he wanted. Kansas City took him. I won't say he was bad. I won't say he was disappointing. Maybe disappointing for being the one overall in rookie drafts. But Jonathan Taylor is the guy who, in my book, um, exceeded his expectations. A lot of people were a little leery of him based on his wear in college. He had a lot of uh, attempts. A lot of yards, um, but Jonathan Taylor played in 15 games. He he ran the ball 232 times for 1,169 yards, 5.04 yards per attempt for 11 touchdowns. He also added 36 receptions, 299 yards, and one touchdown. Um, not only is that a guy that I'm looking at early in this redraft, but moving into next season, he'd be a guy I'd, I'd be looking at in the first or second round, depending on where my pick was. Um, in redrafts as well as dynasty and dynasty um, startup drafts moving into next year. He's got to be a top three pick in my mind. Um, definitely a big fan of him. Um, obviously Anthony Costanzo retiring this year is something that, that catches my um, catches my attention, especially as a newly um, own, new newer owner of Jonathan Taylor, as I acquired him in an off season trade a couple weeks back, a couple days back rather. Um, so I'm definitely hoping Indianapolis, uh, adds pieces back to that offensive line. But number one overall, Jonathan Taylor off the board. Walker, I digress. It's your pick. Now, this is a single QB redraft, not a, not a super flex. Um, so the, the quarterbacks are probably going a little bit later than you would normally see in a super flex. Uh, my number two is the guy I think made the most leap from where he was probably uh, projected at last year and also drafted in rookie drafts. I'm going to take Justin Jefferson with uh, Adam Thielen getting a little bit older. Um, he came out and I mean, Jefferson had 125 targets, 88 catches, 1400 yards and seven touchdowns in 16 games. He proved that he can get out there. He can do it. He can put up wide receiver one numbers. This guy moving forward is, I, I think he's just going to get better. Mm -hmm. And, uh, like I said, Adam Thielen getting up there in age. So I think Jefferson is, uh, the way to go. I think he's a, probably a first, maybe a second round draft pick in, in most redraft leagues. Yeah, um, I definitely agree. I think he's definitely in redraft. He's somebody you're looking at right behind DeAndre Hopkins, um, Michael, man, maybe not Michael Thomas, De Devontae Adams. He's going to be a top five wide receiver off the board uh, in redrafts. Should be probably the number one wide receiver off the board in dynasty startups. Absolutely. Um, so Justin Jefferson off the board at the number two pick. Uh, another thing I really like about Justin Jefferson is something that I like about Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen was second in the league last year with red zone touchdowns. He had 13 of those. Now with Justin Jefferson emerging, starting to get Kirk Cousins trust back, I would assume that those will start to even out and Justin Jefferson will get more, which will only add to his ceiling. Um, so I'm definitely a big fan of, of Justin Jefferson myself. Um, so he, here I am back at, on the board at number two, obviously Jonathan Taylor, uh, I took off, um, so uh, Jeff, Justin Jefferson's off. The next name in, in my mind that makes the most sense is that of 
DeAndre Swift. I like DeAndre Swift a lot because you look at what's happened there in Detroit. Okay, you fired the coaching staff. You brought in a guy and head coach named Dan Campbell who's talking about biting kneecaps off during pressers. He's also said some things that made a lot of sense and made me like DeAndre Swift a lot more when he talked about putting Swift out in the slot just to get the ball into his hands even more. Um, changing of the guard as, as quarterback Stafford, a gunslinger out, Jared Goff more of a game manager in, um, which should bode well to uh, DeAndre Swift as well. Um, DeAndre Swift played in 13 games last year. He had 114 uh, attempts, 521 yards. He averaged 4.57 yards a carry, eight touchdowns. He also added 46 receptions for 351 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, I just think even though Jonathan Taylor is a clear-cut number one running back in this class to me, I think DeAndre Swift might be the more well-rounded running back in this class. So that has me taking him at the three overall. Okay, okay. Uh, with the number four, I'm also going to go running back. I think um, with the cutting of Mark Ingram, I think J.K. Dobbins moves into a bigger role. Um, he had 134 attempts for 805 yards, nine touchdowns. He also added 18 catches, 120 yards. He played in 15 games. He was also sharing a whole lot of load with Mark Ingram at the beginning of the year. And then Gus Edwards also took some in the backfield, which I'm pretty sure they're going to try to bring Gus Edwards back as the change of pace guy. But I think – I think J.K. Dobbins is the number one back there going forward there in Baltimore. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think J.K. Dobbins is going to have a bright future as long as uh, he gets goal line work instead of Lamar Jackson or if they re-sign another back. He could definitely be a, a huge monster in fantasy. Um, I'm going to stick right along with the trend of where I'm going here. Um, this one, if you were telling me just to base it off this season alone, my answer would be different. But I still think the future is very, very bright for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, so I'm going to take him at the number five overall pick. Um, again, his numbers numbers were not bad for a rookie running back. They weren't spectacular for what you're expecting, but he played in 13 games, 181 attempts, 803 yards rushing, 4.44 yards per carry, four touchdowns, 36 receptions, 297 yards uh, through the air, and one touchdown. Now my reasoning behind putting him in front of the other guy here, which I'll spill the beans, I'm sure he's getting ready to come off the board, is Cam Akers. My rationale behind that is I think the Kansas City offense is still going to continue to be better than the Los Angeles Rams offense. I think that Patrick Mahomes and and um, Andy Reid are going to find ways to get their running backs more involved moving forward. Definitely um, going to need to establish a run game to keep wearing tear off of uh, Patrick Mahomes. And I just, I just think that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is still the answer there. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, do you agree with me pulling him in front of Cam Akers? Yeah, I do. Okay. I, I mean, that's to me, those two are a toss-up right there. Right um, now, I agree. Yeah. There is one name that I uh, – actually, I'm going to go to the wide receiver part before pulling another running back here. Um, I just think the future is too bright for this team. Um, I think he's really going to step up. He had 908 yards – while missing most of his most of the time with his quarterback, he only played five games with his quarterback. I'm going to go with T. Higgins. I just think that the AJ Green might be is probably out the door. Um, I think he's going to step into a, a larger role. Um, he had 108 targets already, 67 receptions, six touchdowns, and a nine, 908 yards. I just think he's going to step into a huge role there, and um, so I really like T. Higgins moving forward with that team. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, T. Higgins is great. Um, but since you left him to me, I have no choice but to pull Cam Akers here. 
Um, I, I think, like I said, I think Cam Akers and Clyde Edwards Hilaire are neck and neck. I give Clyde Edwards Hilaire the nod and somebody I'd want to own just due to the offense. Um, obviously, Akers is still going to be tremendous asset moving forward, especially in a dynasty setting. Um, and with that being said, Akers is my pick here. Um, I, I look for Akers to have much more work both on the ground and in the air um, in this coming season. Um, so Akers is, is off the board at the seventh overall pick. So at the eight, I got a toss-up here. I, I like this guy. He's an Illinois boy. Um, I really do like him. i just scared for his future. At the eight overall, I am going to take a uh, gamble here with uh, James Robinson there of Jacksonville. If they don't add another back, his future is, is so bright with, with uh, Lawrence coming in there. going to open up open it up a little bit. Uh, Chenault and Shark will also help keep, that, keep the boxes from being stacked. I just think James Robinson, without another back being added there, I think his future is just way too bright there in Jacksonville. Yeah, I, I definitely am a big fan of, of James Robinson, and even more so am I a big fan when it comes to the fact that I know that they're going to be adding Trevor Lawrence in the draft. If they do not add a running back, I don't I don't care if they add a running back late. If they add a running back in the rounds two through four, I might get a little nervous. Five through seven, I'm not going to lose much sleep over it as a James if I'm a James Robinson owner or a James Robinson James Robinson supporter. Um, I, I just like James Robinson a lot. I think that offense is going to get immensely better, uh, and I'm a big I'm a big fan of his. Um, I, I'm going to take. Um, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm taking Antonio Gibson here. I uh, I like I like the running back class a little bit more than I do the receivers, as you can see. Um, I imagine the guy you're going to take next is the guy that I was also considering here. Um, but it really, for me, it came down to either Antonio Gibson or CeeDee Lamb. Um, and, again, we are drafting these players based on what they did this year, plus where the team is moving forward. Um, Dak Prescott makes me nervous a little bit not having him already under contract for CD lamb um, Antonio Gibson uh, 14 games 170 attempts 795 yards 4.68 yards per carry 11 touchdowns um, I know what I'm getting in in Washington Washington's trying to get better um, they're going to either a at a veteran quarterback try to move up in the draft to get a, 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 a rookie quarterback I think the quarterback play overall is going to be better in Washington, which will benefit Antonio Gibson immensely. Uh, write me down for Antonio Gibson at the nine overall. Absolutely. Absolutely. I had a little toss up between Judy and Lamb here, um, but I'm going to go with uh, CD Lamb there at the number, was at the 10 overall? The 10 overall. So that's the end of the first round. Uh, CD Lamb, once again, missing time with this quarterback there. Um, we're not sure if Dak's coming back. Gallup, I'm not mistaken, is, is uh, on the free agent block Correct. this year. Um, so CeeDee Lamb should move into the number two spot fully into the number two, not start out as the number three, working his way in. CeeDee Lamb had 111 targets, 74 catches for 935 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, he also added 10 carries uh, for 82 yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, CeeDee Lamb gets work. He gets to play the little gadget area. Um, I, I think his, his future is just so bright moving forward, especially if they keep Dak, which I – Assume they're going to find a way to re-sign Dak. Yeah, you would. One would definitely think that uh, that uh, Jerry Jones will have an open open checkbook when it comes to Dak. Obviously, we saw how that team struggled. Um, a healthy Dak, that team wins the division by far and away, and possibly 
um, even make some noise in the postseason with a healthy Dak. That offense is very potent as well. Absolutely. Um, so, so in the first round here, you definitely went extremely running back heavy. I don't think you took a wide receiver at all. I didn't. Uh, we had seven. What was that? Seven running backs go. Uh, five of them going to you. Um, so, I mean, as you see, this this class was definitely a lot better for the running backs than the receivers. I think. Um, but I still think there's there's so much value still left out there to discuss in the second round too. Yeah, um, no doubt. So I mean, just just hold on to it, and uh, well, definitely. Let's. Uh, I think well, you have the first and the second round. Let's. Also. I do correct, but let's let's just give a quick recap. So Jonathan Taylor went one overall. Justin Jefferson two. DeAndre Swift at three. J.K. Dobbins at four. Clyde Edwards-Helaire at five. T. Higgins at six. Cam Akers at seven. James Robinson at eight. Antonio Gibson at nine, C.D. Lamb at 10 to round out in the first round. Now, moving into the second round, we did talk about how this is a one-quarterback league, um, if you will. Um, I, I do think the, the running back class is better than the wide receiver class, but the wide receiver class is more is deeper than the running back class. However, with that being said, I'm going to start off the second round. I'm pulling Justin Herbert. Oh, man. Justin Herbert um, – out of the three big quarterbacks that came out last year, you had Joe Burrow, Tua Tagovailoa, and Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert was the odd man out. A lot of people didn't have faith in him. I'm included in that. I thought, ah, here comes another Oregon Duck. What have we got for production out of Oregon Ducks in the recent in recent memory? I'm pretty sure I doubted him all the way to the end of the year. Yeah, um, you may have, and uh, that was a mistake. He he played in uh, 15 games. Um, 346 completions, 4,336 yards, 31 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. So three touchdown to one interception ratio. Now, again, last year at this time when people were, were drafting these rookies and saying, okay, which guy am I going to put on my team? Herbert was the odd man out. Um, and Dynasty, I, I, I'm sure there's probably some people that would have drafted Jordan Love. Um, in front of in front of Justin Herbert, just due to the fact that they're taking be taking over a better team in the future, learning from Aaron Rodgers for however long Aaron Rodgers is there. Um, but Herbert has definitely come out. He's proven that at this point. Granted, we haven't seen a full season of healthy Joe Burrow, but at this point, Herbert's proven that he's the better quarter, best quarterback in that class, um, and he's really got some fantastic weapons around him. Now there is a changing of the guard and the head coach there, as well as the offensive coordinator. Um, so it'll be interesting to see um, moving forward. But I'm a, I'm a big fan of of Justin Herbert and uh, and and rook, in this rookie redraft, as well as a dynasty startup, as well as a redraft. He's going to be a top five quarterback taken off the board next year. Absolutely, absolutely. So that leaves me. I was I had Herbert on my board. I figured you were going to go somewhere else. So let me let me dig a little deeper here. I think I'm going to go with. Um, Judy over there uh, in uh, Denver, I think his future's bright there. They got Sutton. Sutton's coming back, so Sutton will start to draw the number one corner. So Judy gets to go out there and play the number two fiddle. Um, I think eventually they're going to add a better quarterback. I like Drew Locke. I just don't think he's a NFL quarterback going forward. Eventually they're going to add another quarterback, and I think that the ceiling for Judy is is amazing. I mean, he had 113 targets. 850, 856 yards, 52 completions. He only had three touchdowns, and he played in all 16 games. I think his, I think going forward, Judy has a little bit higher than um, a couple of these other receivers that I was debating at that point. But I definitely, I'm going to take Jerry Judy there. Yeah. So I'm, 
I'm going to take uh, – Judy would have been my pick here had you have went someplace else. Um, definitely short on wide receivers on my team, as you can see. Um, if this was a two-flex league, I only need two wide receivers because I feel like I've got my flexes and my running backs pretty well set in stone here. Um, but uh, Chase Claypool is the guy I'm going to take. Chase Claypool started 16 games. He had 62 receptions, 873 yards receiving for nine touchdowns. And I think that door – or that door window, however you want to refer to it, for his for his value goes up if Juju Smith-Schuster leaves the team. Um, obviously, Deontay Johnson's still there. The quarterback um, position's a little murky. Has Ben Roethlisberger coming back? Is he not? Is it going to be somebody else? Um, Chase Clippel's just got the body and the speed and the hands that are made for the NFL. And we all know how Pittsburgh is for wide receivers. Every other year in the draft, they draft somebody who's a can't-miss wide receiver for fantasy um, I, I like Chase Claypool a lot. Um, there are some other names that I was really close to, but I just think Chase Claypool edges them out just slightly here for me at the second pick or the third pick in the second round. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm going to move and I'm going to throw a little curveball here. I'm going to jump up. I think I'm going to probably leap a little bit here, um, but I'm going to go with AJ Dillon out of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Aaron Jones is probably out the door. If I, if I had to guess, he's, he's going to want his money. Um, Jamal Williams is still there. Dylan came out at the end of the year. Jamal and re- Williams is a free agent as well. Yes, Jamal Williams is a free agent. I think they're going to end up keeping him with the team. The team just loves Jamal Williams. Uh, A.J. Dillon came out at the end of the year. It was just phenomenal um, for the snaps that he got. I mean, he didn't get a whole lot of a whole lot of work, but when he did see the field, he saw it a lot. And I think his value, if Aaron Jones goes, I think his value moving forward is is, is – RB1 type numbers he could possibly be putting up with that offense. Yeah, I, I definitely like his future there. Um, I'm definitely interested to see if he can play the same role that Jamal Williams and uh, Aaron Jones did. Can he be a, a three down back? Can he catch the ball out of the backfield? Um, is he that versatile? It'll be interesting to see because he is a bigger, bigger bodied guy. Um, and you typically don't see those bigger bodied guys being able to do multiple things. So it'll be interesting to see if and when he gets that um, opportunity. Um, to see how that goes. Now I'm going to take another wide receiver here. Um, and this, this one is not nearly as much of a toss up for me, just, just due to where the quarterback position should be for these two teams in the next couple of years. Um, but I'm going to pull LaVisca Chenault here. Um, I, I like LaVisca a lot um, with what he did is in his rookie campaign, um, kind of a gadget S guy. Uh, 14 games, 58 receptions, 600 yards, five touchdowns, obviously not flashy numbers, but we all know the quarterback turmoil that was the Jacksonville Jaguars this year. Um, I think LaVisca Chenault's um, uh, quarterback play is going to be immensely better. Trevor Lawrence is going to be under center. Um, Again, sorry, Mustache Mania fans, but – his time in Jacksonville is is done. It's, it's over right. with. It's, the Chicago Bears um, are going to take on the yeah, mustache. mustache mania. Maybe a Chicago Bear. Um, good Lord for the Bear, Bears fans out there listening. I hope not for your sake. Um, but I I just like Lavisca Chenault. Obviously, Chenault was an absolute stud in his time at Colorado um, in college. Um, he his his combine his his draft stock fell a little bit. He ran a four five eight forty. Um, but bear in mind, after that combine was over, um, he went and had um, core muscle surgery immediately after. Um, so I think his draft stock fell a little bit be- because of that. But I like Chenault a lot. Um, 
it'll be interesting to see a new quarterback come in, new offensive coordinator, new wide receiver coach. Is it going to be Chanel or is it going to be DJ Shark as the one there? I think that's completely wide open. So for that reason, I'm, I'm big time into, into LaVisca Chanel here. So this one here was a little toss-up uh, between two receivers that played 13 games. Um, I'm going to have to go with um, who I think has the brighter future with uh, Michael Pittman there in Indy. Um, not a big Wentz guy, but I think Pittman will be a good number two wide out for him. Um, T.Y. Hilton's a free agent this year, and there's been talks of the Raiders adding the uh, Juju, so that brought me down a little bit on Ruggs. But in the same amount of games, I mean, he had – more catches than rugs and more yards than rugs. Um, so I just think I think Pittman is is has the brighter future than than uh, rugs does. Okay, that's yeah, that's that's fair. Um, rugs is kind of a deep ball threat, um, kind of a flashy wide receiver. Um, it'll be interesting to see if rugs can develop some of those shorter routes that make him uh, more of a target monster. Um, I'm going to go with a guy who. Um, the reason I think he slid this much in my book, um, he, he had the third best stats out of any rookie wide receiver this year. Um, fourth, uh, excuse me, Chase Claypool was there as well. Um, I, I like uh, Brandon Ayuk a lot um, there in San Francisco. Now there's a lot of mouths to feed. You got Debo Samuel if he could ever figure out how to stay healthy. You got George Kittle in a full season. I'm not sure Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback that can sustain three um, big targets, three big um, mouths to feed. But Brandon Ayuk this year um, was able to get play 12 games. He had 60 receptions, 748 yards receiving, and five touchdowns. Um, he actually was the fifth best wide receiver in stats, excuse me, not the fourth. Um, but I like Brandon Ayuk a lot. Um, I, I think that what you're going to see this in the moving uh, forward in that offense is you're still going to see Kittle as the number one option for Jimmy G or any other quarterback that starts there. But I think it's going to be back and forth between Debo and Brandon Ayuk as to who's the better wide receiver to start um, for fantasy. It's going to be every other game or two games for one then one for the other. Um, but I do think that there, there's a solid possibility. You see Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel as both top 50 wide receivers next year. And so for that reason, I'm going to take Brandon Ayuk. Here. Absolutely. Absolutely. So right here, I'm going to uh, pull my quarterback. I'm going to – he appeared in the same amount of games as Tua. I'm taking Joe Burrow. Uh, he appeared in 10 games, same as Tua. And, and I think they both have a bright future. I think I go Joe Burrow here because his stats were better. He ended the season still higher than Tua. Had more more touchdowns. Um, he actually had more rushing yards, which really took a shock to me when I actually dug in deep on these stats. He had 142 rushing yards, three touchdowns, and Tua's 109 and three. Uh, but there's no talk of the possibility of moving on already from Burrow. There has been some rumbling in Miami of Tua possibly not being the future there. Yeah. So I think I'm going to take Joe Burrow with a safer bet. Here. I, I think if Cincinnati had the picks and the and the, the opportunity to trade for Deshaun Watson, you'd hear those same rumblings. Um, I, I'm not sure there's many quarterbacks in the league that wouldn't be replaced by Deshaun Watson. Um Yes, Tua played in the same amount of games that Burrow did. Yes, Burrow had better stats. But let's also remember that one of them played on a team that won 10 games and one of them played on a team that won, what, five games? Yes. Um, so I, I, I don't – I'm not saying I think Tua's a better quarterback. I'm not saying that I think Tua's got a better future. I'm just saying I don't think Tua had to show anything this year. Um, so I, 
I'm, I'm not taking uh, <laughs> Tua here at this point, um, but um, I, I do think the guy that I'm gonna that I'm gonna pull here is um, uh, I'm, I'm probably gonna go ahead and take Henry Ruggs here. Um, I, like I said, Henry Henry Ruggs, um, same kind of situation with the San Francisco wide receivers. The tight end is gonna be the number one target there in uh, Las Vegas, uh, and Darren the Baller Waller. Um, but I, I like Henry Ruggs' ability to stretch the field. Um, he gets vertical. He's very, very quick. Um, let's also not forget that he was, if I'm not mistaken here, was he not the first wide receiver off the board in the actual draft last year? That he was. Which was definitely a head-scratcher. Um, but I like the head coach um, there in Las Vegas a lot. I like the um, quarterback situation. I guess Derek Carr's kind of come out and and, and looked okay at times. Um, so I'll, I'll take Henry Ruggs here, who finished the season with 13 games played, 26 receptions, 452 yards, and two touchdowns. Absolutely. That's a good pick there with Ruggs. Um, I think he slid a little later than he probably should have. But uh, nonetheless, I mean, like I said, the rumblings of, of adding another wide receiver and everything else is, is a scary spot. So with the number 20 overall pick, I'm going to be looking at – Oh, let me dig, let me dig, let me dig, let me dig. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Denzel Mims. I like his upside. Um, he only appeared in nine games, so he did have some injuries there. Uh, he had 44 targets and uh, had 357 yards. He didn't find the end zone at all. But I think Denzel Mims and, and that team moving forward, I think, is is a good pick here at the 20th. A good chance to take a gamble with a wide receiver. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to go Denzel Mims. Yeah, I, I definitely like Denzel Mims uh, for multiple reasons. Uh, Robert Salah just took over as the head coach, got Adam Gase out. We all know what happens when players escape from Adam Gase. They blossom. They become the fantasy players we all held out hope for all, all along. Um, I, 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 whether it be Sam Darnold under, under center or – the Jets draft a quarterback or they trade for one. I know there were some rumors there for a while that they were in um, the Deshaun Watson hunt. Um, there's not a clear number one wide receiver in New York at this present time. Could the Jets add somebody in dra the draft or free agency? Possibly. But as the roster sits right now, if I had to own a New York Jets wide receiver, it's definitely Denzel Mims. Um, I like Jamison Crowder and what Jamison Crowder has been able to do, but I just think Denzel Mims got so much upside um, there. So, yeah, definitely a, a strong pick by you. Um, so a second-round um, recap here. Um, Justin Herbert won at this, the first pick of the second round, followed by Jerry Judy, Chase Claypool, A.J. Dillon, LaVisca Chenault, Michael Pittman, Brandon Ayuk, Joe Burrow, Henry Ruggs, and Denzel Mims. Now, that, that brings us to our third round, and obviously we're getting through this on a little bit of a decent time, so we, we both will probably talk about some names that were left off of this draft afterwards in case there's a name you thought should have been called that you didn't hear. We'll try to give a little bit of rationale and reason behind why we left them off. Um, so third for, or, uh, first pick of the third round, um, a lot of the big names, a lot of the massive names are already off the board. Um, there, there are some other names still here that, that could have bigger roles moving forward in the future. Um, but the one with the biggest role that's still left on the board, um, to me is to attack of Alalia. 
Um, he's going to be the starter week one in, in Miami unless he's traded in part of the Deshaun Watson deal, which if that if that happens, he's the starter in Houston. So either way, he's a starting uh, quarterback in the National Football League. Um, again, Tua did play in 10 games last year. He threw for 1,866 yards. Um, or excuse me, he had 186 completions for 1,814 yards, 11 touchdowns to five interceptions. So the touchdown to interception ratio is not exactly where you'd want him to be. Um, but again, there was a lot of games last year where Tua um, didn't have to throw the ball. Um, you know, so I, I definitely like Tua's future there in Miami. I think that they're another team with a lot of draft capital, a lot of a lot of. Um, money to throw around in free agency. I think this team should be built um, a lot better offensively and defensively, which is hard to imagine um, than what they were last year. And it should set Tua up for a very successful future. Yeah, I definitely like Tua there. Regardless of where he's at, he's going to be a starter, like you said, in the NFL. So uh, Tua is a good pick there. Uh, So, I mean, we got, what, three quarterbacks off the board into the third round. Correct. Um, I'm going to go back to the wide receiver. This one might come as a little bit of a shock. Uh, but I really like – I didn't realize uh, Josh Reynolds is a free agent this year. So I'm going to go with Van Jefferson there. They just got another – they got Stafford to QB there. I think Van Jefferson's ceiling in, with that offense of Sean McVay is a uh, huge boost for him. And I think that he could see a, uh, a good rise in, 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 uh, in value this year. Yeah, so um, I, I like Van Jefferson. I'm a little shocked that you didn't take this guy here. I was really expecting him to come off the board. Um, Jalen Rager is is the name that I'm going to uh, that I'm going to take here. Um, again, uh, Rager was a guy who played in 11 games, 31 receptions, 396 yards, one touchdown. Um, Carson Wentz was the starter. Then Carson Wentz wasn't the starter. It was Jordan uh, Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, Wentz is out of town now. We're going to move forward next year with the, the likelihood of, of either Jalen Hurts or a rookie quarterback coming in. Um, Alshon Jeffrey was w- waived um, by the team. Um, so um, Deshaun Jackson also gone. Um, so the wide receiver room is completely wide open there. Um, and Jalen Rager is a guy that I definitely will be look to, looking to add stock into um, in this coming season. <laughs> Yeah, I'm definitely. guessing you missed Jalen Rager there. Yes, I did. Okay. Yes, yes, I did. I literally just looked right over his name and just completely screwed that one up. Um, so, because uh, I was going to go Rager, Rager, then Van Jefferson, but I definitely screwed that one up. Uh, this one here might be – I appreciate that you did that. Yeah, this one here might be a little bit of another shock. We're in the third round. Um, Cole Clement, tight end for the Chicago Bears. Uh, Jimmy Graham will no longer be there. Um, Cole Clement had 44 targets, 28 catches, 243 yards, two touchdowns. He played in 16 games. Um, I think that Cole Clement's going to step into a bigger role and uh, definitely um, play a value point in that uh, Bears offense, uh, regardless of who the quarterback is moving forward. Yeah, I, I, I like uh, Cole Clement. Obviously, the biggest name tied in there, um, taken in this class last year. Um, I'm going to stick right with my trend here. I'm going to take LaMichael P. Ryan from the New York Jets. Again, similar situation to Denzel Mims. Right now, LaMichael P. Ryan is the number one running back um, at this point. Again, could the Jets add either Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, or another running back in the draft? It's definitely something that's possible. Um, <coughs> but with where the team's at right now, um, I, I like LaMichael Perrine a lot. 
Uh, I like, uh, I think P Ryan's got the opportunity. Um, again, Adam Gase is gone. Le'Veon Bell's gone. Um, there should be some clarity at the quarterback position this I year. I Frank Gore's gone also. I, I think you're right. Uh, the ageless wonder, uh, Frank Gore probably has played his last snap in a, in a New York Jets uh, jersey. Um, but probably not his last snap in the football pro- Probably not. He will probably be uh, playing football long after this podcast is done and gone. Um, and and I've probably am pushing up daisies. Frank Gore will still be in the NFL uh, playing football. Well, there will be a Frank Gore because his son's here shortly. Correct. Correct. But I like like Michael P. Ryan at the at the four, uh, fifth overall pick in the second round. Absolutely, absolutely, good pick, good pick. Um, so I'm going to go out and I don't know. Do I go risky business here? I think everything here is pretty much yeah, risky I, business. Yes, I agree. Um, uh, da, 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 da. I think I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts. He's another guy that's in the spot to be a starter in the National Football League as of right now. I'm not a big I, I'm not a big Hurts believer, but I trust him good enough to make sure I use a third round draft pick on him, put him on my taxi squad, let him sit there and see how he goes, especially in Dynasty. Well, probably not taxi because it'll be he's year one now. But I, I, I he's a good bye week filling. He's got the the rushing upside ability. Um, he played in uh, 15 games, mind you. He did play a bunch of goofy snaps there. He had 357 rushing yards for three touchdowns, and he had uh, 1,061 passing yards. And with uh, six touchdowns, he still finishes uh, QB number 36, even with not starting until the end of the year. So, yeah, I think I'm going to go with Hurts here. Okay, I, I, I like Hurts. That's a good pick here this late, especially. Um, I'm going to go with um, one of the older um, rookies from last year's draft class, uh, Darnell Mooney there in Chicago. Um, Darnell Mooney played in 16 games. He had 61 receptions, 631 yards receiving for four touchdowns. I think Darnell Mooney is an absolute steal this late in the draft. Um Allen Robinson, is he going to be there? Is he not? Uh, are the are the Bears going to be forced to, to re-sign and start Mitchell Trubisky? Um, is it going to be a free agent quarterback? Uh, there's a lot of things that are very murky in the water there. I think if Darnell Mooney would have been drafted to the Kansas City Chiefs, for example, I think he'd be a much, much, much higher uh, prospect on this list. But if you're telling me I can get uh, Darnell Mooney at the seventh overall pick in the third round of rookie redrafts, I'm all about it. So, yeah, I like Darnell Mooney there. Um, my guy is going to be uh, one of the only wide receivers under contract for this team. Uh, Quintus Cephas there in Detroit. Yes, there are rumors of Kenny Galladay getting um, franchise tagged. But right now, Quintus Cephas, he's 22 years old. He appeared in 13 games this year for the Lions. They had Jared Goff, who has supported two wide receivers at times. He also has supported three wide receivers. We've seen Josh Reynolds have decent games there in uh, with the Rams. I think I like Quintus Cephas to move forward here at this draft pick. Yeah, definitely a, a solid pick, especially if, if golf's there and there's nobody else added. Cephas could be a top 30, top 40 wide receiver next year if he's the only one there for, for um, Jared Goff to throw the ball to. Um, my last pick of, of this um, – rookie redraft is is solely based on talent alone um i understand i didn't grab a tight end in here um there's several tight ends left from this rookie redraft that if i was having to build a team on this that i think i could get um 
at the end of of it pick by picking up and just adding and rolling the dice. But I'm going to take Gabriel Davis out of Buffalo. Absolutely. Um, Gabriel Davis had uh, played in 16 games, 35 receptions, 599 yards, and seven touchdowns. So uh, another, in my book, another uh, awesome steal this late in drafts. Uh, Gabriel Davis is going to be a guy that's going to be out there and, and redrafts and dynasty startups um, where you can grab him very, very late. And there's a lot of value because you know what the quarterback situation is. Um, yes, Stefan Diggs is there, which is good for a guy like Gabriel Davis because he's never going to have to go up against the number one corner. Absolutely. You also have Cole Beasley there. Um, so uh, for, 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 for me getting a guy that scored seven touchdowns in his rookie campaign, in the wide receiver spot in the last pick in the third round. I'm, I'm over the moon with it. Very, very solid pick. So with my last pick in this third round here, um, I'm going to go with this gadget guy. He was drafted by the Raiders, but then moved to Miami. Um, Miami is, is struggling with wide receivers. Um, he's Lynn Bowden. He came out. He, he, we saw him take some wildcat snaps. We saw him use, as running back, we saw him used as a wide receiver. This is just a roll the dice gamble. Try to try to see if it works. A little gadget guy at the end of a of a three round draft. Absolutely, give me give me the opportunity of him just getting the ball in his hand and making people miss. Right. Okay. So uh, just a quick recap: the total draft from start to finish. Um, Jonathan Taylor went one. Justin Jefferson two. DeAndre Swift three. J.K. Dobbins four. Clyde Edwards Hilaire at five. T. Higgins at six. Cam Akers at seven, James Robinson at eight, Antonio Gibson at nine, C.D. Lamb at ten. Second round, Justin Herbert went the first pick of the second round, Jerry Judy at the second, Chase Claypool at the third, A.J. Dillon at the fourth, LaVisca Chenault at the fifth, Michael Pittman at the sixth, Brandon Ayuk at the seventh, Joe Burrow at the eight, Henry Ruggs at the nine, Denzel Mims at the ten. Third round, First pick in the third round, two attack of Alalia, Van Jefferson at the two, Jalen Rager at the three, Cole Komet at the four, Michael P. Ryan at the five, Jalen Hurts at the six, Darryl, Darnell Mooney at the seven, Quintez Cephas at the eight, Gabriel Davis at nine, and Lynn Bowden at the ten. So obviously – with going through that, there's some names that were left off. Yeah, and I, I want to bring that up. We'll, we'll get into some of these names here in a minute. We just started this Dynasty League, our Dynasty League here, um, and a lot of people had complaints about four. Do We have four rookie draft picks, four taxis going into next year. When we look at what happened this year, we're going to go through some other names that you still could have seen off in the fourth round. Um, let's. I'm gonna let you kick off with a uh, with a name that you think, and let's let's break them down a little bit. Yeah. So. Um, this is a name, Zach Moss is the first one I want to talk about. Zach Moss um, was a guy that was taken um, probably in, a, in top three rounds prior to um, the season taking out. Um, Devin Singletary had a good rookie campaign his first year in Buffalo where he was behind Frank Gore to start the season out. Um, he had some flashes and then some not flashes, but Zach Moss was brought it, excuse me, brought in. And a lot of people were going, well, wait a minute, what's this mean for Singletary? What's this mean for Moss? Um, what it meant is I didn't want to own either one of them. Um, I, I want to know part of either one of them. Um, but Zach Moss is a guy in a fourth-round value in a rookie redraft where you're going to possibly let him sit on a taxi spot all year if you have taxis in your league. Um, he's definitely worth worth a gamble because if Devin Singletary misses time, um, Zach Moss is a, is a great plug-in-and-play guy, um, just not one that I could, could – um, 
see myself taking over any of these other 30 names. Absolutely, absolutely. So I'm going to go over to the tight end spot. This name here, probably, he didn't do a whole lot last year. You know I had – I was high on him. I still am high on him. Adam Troutman of the New Orleans State. Jared Cook has announced his retirement. He's no longer the tight end there. Adam Troutman's the only one on contract there in, in New Orleans as a tight end. Uh, they may have a couple no names that I'm missing, but Troutman's the only name that is still available on – their tight end roster. So Adam Troutman moving forward in in a New Orleans offense is 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 a huge upside for him. He could end up he could he could end up in your back twelve tight ends. He could end up as a top five tight end. It all depends on what that offense looks like moving forward. But he's definitely a guy. He was hugely sought after after his combine and and also his his college career there in Dayton. Yeah, if I if I knew Jameis Winston was going to be re-signed and be the starter next year in New Orleans, I would be a lot more intrigued by Adam Troutman. He probably would have went in the top 30 picks here um, because we know what um, Jameis Winston did with O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait back when he was a starter in Tampa Bay. Um, another tight end that was left off, um, that that I think we both can say we have a lot of love for the local boy um, played his, his high school ball at Sacred Heart Griffin um, then went to Mizzou which I'm a diehard Mizzou college football fan um, Albert Okagan Wallabum um, there in Denver um, was probably a name that went completely undrafted in rookie drafts last year I wasn't picked up till fan got hurt and uh, he, he really granted he, he had a small sample size he played in four games um, where he had 11 receptions, 121 yards, and one touchdown. Um, but if Drew Locke is still the starter moving forward in Denver, even if it's just for this year, um, if Albert O can come back from his ACL tear and, and be productive, he's a name that you might see being picked up and rostered a lot more than what he is right now. Absolutely, because they both have the Mizzou background, so they already have they the play chemistry together. There. Yes, yes, correct. Um, so I'm going to throw out two names here that we both, I think, can agree that they have a potential of stepping up huge. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones and Devin Duvernay. Their Duvernay in Baltimore is a little eh, where neither one of us is sold on Lamar Jackson. Peoples-Jones came on strong at the end of the year after they lost OBJ, um, and they were filling in with Landry and Higgins and then Peoples-Jones. If OBJ leaves, Peoples-Jones could step into a huge role there because I believe uh, Higgins is also a free agent. So there's there's opportunity there for Peoples-Jones. Uh, Duvernay is going to move in as, as possibly the wide receiver, too, there in Baltimore. If Lamar Jackson can figure out how to throw a football a little better, Duvernay could have very good fantasy value. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there, there's three three running backs here um, that, that I, I want to bring up. Uh, just briefly, because I think the same situation applies for all three of them. Uh, you got Keyshawn Vaughn, Joshua Kelly, and Anthony McFarland. Um, Keyshawn Vaughn was a guy that a lot of people thought were gonna, was going to have a decent role in Tampa Bay. I know, Walker, you were a, a, a pretty big uh, Keyshawn Van, Vaughn fan after the draft uh, took place last year, and you you definitely thought he was going to have a role. Nobody expected Leonard Fournette to be cut and then signed. Um, but it, it, And we all know Bruce Arians hates rookie running backs. Keyshawn Vaughn's not a guy that I'm willing to shut the door on completely yet. I definitely think that the the, the jury's still out on Keyshawn Vaughn. Um, Anthony McFarland, um, another guy who went to Pittsburgh um, that was sitting behind a, a starting running back in James Conner. James Conner is gone. He's a free agent. Um, whether whether Pittsburgh re-signs him or not is yet to be seen, obviously. Um, but Anthony McFarland, if, if Pittsburgh lets James Conner walk – and they don't want to spend draft capital on a on a running back. They don't really have the 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 money and free agency to throw at a running back. Anthony McFarland could still step in and get um, 
some solid work and significant role there. And then Joshua Kelly was another one that a lot of people had high, high hopes for. Uh, obviously we'd not had a full season of uh, Austin Eckler as the workhorse running back. Um, he did have that hamstring injury where he went down and a lot of people thought, well, here it is. This is where Joshua Kelly gets his, his opportunity. What, what's he going to do with it? Well, he didn't really do a whole lot of anything. Right. Um, he, he also had uh, Justin Jackson to compete with for touches. And then, um, they had um, Kelly and Balage. Yeah, Kalen Balage, um, which was signed off the street and was very shocking to a lot of people, including myself. I didn't expect him to um, come in and get more work than Joshua Kelly, but there's obviously something there that we're not seeing on the surface that he's not all that great at and it's keeping him from playing. So it'd be interesting to see what that, how that goes moving forward. Joshua Kelly was a guy that I was huge on after watching the Senior Bowl last year. I instantly fell in love with him, and uh, I still think that there, there's a chance for him to have a huge role. Anthony McFarland's another name that he got drafted out of Maryland. I was huge on him. Heck, I drafted him in our in our dynasty startup this year, and I held on to him for, for most of the year until I started getting hit hard with injuries. Um, Anthony McFarland, I think, has a very good shot of, of moving into that starting role if they don't add a, a, a top-tier running back in the draft this year. Um, so uh, another name that we, that we had left off, and he had a really good year is K.J. Hamler there in Denver. Now, Hamler still will carve out some type of role, even with Sutton coming back. Um, he, he showed out very well. He had a, he had a pretty good season um, with Drew Locke there. I don't expect Drew Locke to be able to support three wide receivers, but I think K.J. Hamler still will be able to carve out a role, possibly a, a, a bi-week fill-in for a flex spot. Um, or a dual, if we run, we run two flex leagues. So in, in one of our flex spots, he could he could possibly uh, accelerate uh, that flex spot for that bye week. Yeah, uh, he he's definitely another one that I, I look at, and I and it's a head scratcher head scratcher to me because if there was a better quarterback, again, I'm I'm the same way you are. I I, I'm, I, I own Drew Locke in my dynasty, and I just cannot bring myself to cut him, even though he's definitely not done anything to make me not be able to cut him it's just my mizzou ties i guess um but if 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 denver gets a, a better quarterback or drew lock starts playing how i believe he's capable of um you could definitely see kj hamler being a, a flex type guy that you plug in when you got better players on bye weeks um another one that was left off that i was extremely high on um coming into this year is brian edwards um, Brian Edwards is a guy, if I'm not mistaken, out of South Carolina that struggled with injuries in college. That's why his draft stock fell. A lot of people, um, a lot of experts were actually expecting him to have a better role and a bigger role than Henry Ruggs due to the fact that Henry Ruggs is just a down-the-field burner. And Brian Edwards was more of a guy that could catch the ball anywhere on the field. Um, that definitely never came to tuition or fruition. Excuse me. Um, he played in 12 games. Um, had 11 receptions for 193 yards and one touchdown. There's a lot of talk that Las Vegas may cut him um, if, if they add a wide receiver, whether it be through the draft or free agency. So he's another another guy um, that at, at uh, 22 years of age, six foot three, 215 pounds, has great NFL size, uh, but he's got a, figure, a lot to figure out before he's a guy that can be um, talked about as being a, a good player in this draft. So one more name that I want to add in is uh, – uh, Antonio Gandy Golden there in Washington. He's another gadget guy that could see a lot of upcoming work with that team. You know, Ron Rivera likes his receiving backs. Yeah, they got Gibson. I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe McKissick's uh, either got one year left or is a free agent this year. So, Gandy Golden is another name there that could possibly um, 
move into seeing uh, snaps and moving up, a guy that I wouldn't mind grabbing and just holding on to and just seeing where 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 it takes him. Yeah. Um, I, the last two names that I want to hit on are obviously names you can't draft in a rookie redraft. They're guys you had in, 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 uh, via the waivers or uh, after the draft or the very last couple rounds of an actual draft. Um, but there was two rookie kickers this year. Um, you had Rodrigo Blankenship, the kicker from Georgia, um, who was highly touted coming out of out of um, college that the uh, Indianapolis Colts picked up. Goggles is his nickname. Goofy-looking kid, great kicker. And then the other rookie kicker was Tyler Bass uh, there in Buffalo. Uh, both of these kickers are on offenses that put up points pretty well. Absolutely. Um, and they're both going to be top ten kickers for, for many years to come, in my opinion. Um, so I, I'm definitely – obviously you can't draft a kicker. Um, but they're they're definitely players that from this class that are that are very solid and gonna have good careers. I do want to say if if you're in a dynasty and both you and me both added Blankenship and Bass and we're holding on to them in our dynasty, uh, once again they're gonna have brilliant careers moving forward for kickers. If you're holding on to a Tucker or um, Greg Delag or or an older kicker, look into these rookie kickers because kickers do matter if you're in a kicker league. Um, so, I mean, you, you've seen Sanders there in, in Miami throw a touchdown pass and get the points for it. You see these 50-yard bombs being kicked, and, that, I mean, that's five points in most leagues. Kickers can make a difference, can win you a couple weeks here and there, especially if you're in a tight one. Uh, get yourself out there. Look at these rookie kickers. Obviously, don't draft them, but really be, make it a priority to possibly go out and grab one off waivers before the season starts because even if he doesn't pan out, oh, you drop a kicker, you add a new one. But at least you have that rookie there for future reference. Yeah, I think I speak for myself as well as you when I say this, that owning in a dynasty, owning Rodrigo Blankenship or Tyler Bass, I'm not dropping kickers and and, and then playing the waiver, waiver wire the rest of the year out in my kickers bye week. I will pick up another kicker just so I continue to have these players on my roster. Um, and you're you're absolutely correct. In a league that has kickers, it's the last position most, most – um, uh, fantasy owners look to add, but it can be very important, especially in a league where you're on a a, a league where n- bad kicks, missed kicks, take away points. Absolutely. Um, and, and again, with you saying to look at these rookie kickers, I think it's definitely worth noting. I'm not going to go out and pick up a rookie kicker for a quarter or for a team that I don't expect to put up points. Um, if the Jacksonville Jaguars would have added a rookie quarterback this last year, I wouldn't have given them a second thought. That's not a team that I expect to put up points. Um, you know, Houston, the Houston Texans moving forward, whether Deshaun's there or not, I still don't expect them to light the scoreboard up week in and week out. So that's not a team I'm going to look to add a kicker from. Um, but nonetheless, um, I think that was a very solid redraft. I think this this rookie class overall is exceptional. Um, it'll be interesting to see what this this upcoming rookie, rookie class looks like, where they fit. Obviously, there'll be rookie redrafts here um, in season two. When we get to that, we're going to do um, regular drafts as well. So it'll be interesting to see where some of these 30 names that we did draft fall into regular drafts as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, for next week's episode, we're going to break down what we've learned. Uh, once again, we, we started in a uh, dynasty. We've messed around and dabbled in them before and never really got into it this year. We opened our dynasty up. We started it. We're co-commissioning it. So we're going to go in and what we've learned in a dynasty league, what we learned in a redraft league. And we co-commissioned a keeper league that we were one position shy of probably making the playoffs and we just didn't pay much attention to it. So we're definitely going to be breaking down what we learned and something that you don't want to focus on or something you want to focus on 
going in going forward throughout the offseason. Yeah, we'll also talk about um, you know, some some big takeaways from from certain players' perspectives as well moving into next season. Um, so definitely our next next episode, excuse me, not next season, getting a little ahead of myself. Um, we, we are working on ways um, where Brant and myself are going to try to make sure that we can get episodes out to you guys, even if we're not able to get together, um, whether that be via Skype or, or something else. Um, one of us will be sitting in sunny Florida in just a few weeks time. Um, so we're going to uh, definitely be trying to figure out a way where we can still get you guys content when we're not able to get together. Um, we do apologize again for uh, missing a couple weeks on you guys there. It wasn't due to uh, anything that we wanted to happen, um, but six to eight inches of snow is kind of hard to navigate through when they don't clear the streets. Um, so um, thanks for listening. As always, stay hungry and stay fat, my friends. <laughs>